From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in colder than before Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. On this co-op recap episode, we invited musician and 3D artist Sarah Ferret and game designer Ajua Kapashisit to talk about this month's Glitch Co-op Talk topic, playing problematic games. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Aj, I tried. I practiced three times. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. It's a co-op recap episode. Um, this week's topic was uh, problematic games, which is a very, it's a heavy topic. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, normally on the co-op recap episodes, we invite the facilitator of that talk to come and be our guest. But this time I facilitated. Um, so that would be silly. So, so uh, we invited you on our show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here, Stephen. Uh, so we invited our guests, Aj and Sarah, uh, who were part of the discussion uh, to sort of give us their insights and the stuff they heard that they thought sounded great and give some context uh, to our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's just start out the way we started out the conversation. Like, what is a problematic game? Like, what, what gives it that, that mantle? <laughs> well, uh, we had talked about a problematic game uh, had, or it portrayed issues, or it portrayed negative uh, ideas um, in the game, either uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. That's how we had defined it initially when mm-hmm. we started to talk. Yeah, and there was actually some discussion on, on whether intentionality matters. Yeah. Right. And Sarah, you thought it did. Right. It had also had to do with the people who are consuming it. Mm-hmm. Um, some problems aren't inherently problems, but if they're going to be taken the wrong way, then that be- becomes problematic, I think. Yeah. I, I resonated with that when you said it. That, that made a lot of sense to me is mm-hmm. that it doesn't, the artist, you know, has their intentions and it's good or bad, but right. it's really the audience that makes it problematic because that's the world it lives in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we brought that up a little bit later in there, too, about, like, if, if this is a story you want to tell, should you have experienced the story to begin with before you tell the story? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, I guess we were, we were uh, on either edge on that kind of a topic, but, like, uh, we had discussed that maybe um, if you are to talk about a topic that is uh, something you would discuss, like, let's say, uh, racial issues, mm-hmm. and you are of a race that is not the race you're discussing, then it would be helpful to talk to somebody else uh, someone who is who has gone through that experience yeah. before you before you release your piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the 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 overall sentiment we had was some of these things are so easy to spot. Yeah, and so we were all kind of surprised, like how does how does this happen so often? Um, and then also we tried to we tried to get to the bottom of how it does happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we tried to, we tried to be a little sympathetic to the creators as best we could. Right. Um, but sometimes these things can be inexcusable mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and we and we talked a little bit about how what we where we draw the line. Right. Yeah. So maybe we can go around and talk a little bit about where we each draw the line for these sorts of things. Um, Oz, you want to start? Sure. Drawing the line when it comes to games, obviously, um, like poor interpretations or representations of um, different uh, ethnic or racial groups is something that really bothers me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that that's the only thing that would bother me, but that's something that's definitely sticking out right now. Mm-hmm. I always react most strongly to bad depictions of women because that is the most personal thing to me. Mm-hmm. Although I also I care about other issues. Um, it bothers me more with new games than with old games that right. I grew up with. And I feel that way about other people too. I understand if they love problematic games from their childhood, but I draw the line more harshly with new games now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it's... 
I guess I don't particularly have a line. There are obviously things bother me, mm-hmm. but um, in uh, depiction of women and uh, depiction of uh, a poor racial depiction, things like that, those bother me too. But I, I wouldn't necessarily draw the line at those. It yeah. really, if 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 the game has bad content, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch it. Right. In general. Right. If it, if it has bad or had content, I'm not interested in. Um, and those kinds of things are those things. They're the kinds of things I'm not interested in. And so mm-hmm. it it will deter me from playing a game. Right, right. But I wouldn't say it would necessarily prevent me from playing a game too. Sure, sure. I feel similarly to Stephen. I'm trying to think of a game that I haven't played because I found it too problematic. And there are one like a list of them, but I can't remember them at the moment. But I guess yeah, I'm not drawn to so especially ones that depict women badly. Mm-hmm. But then there's then like we were talking about GTA and I really like the multiplayer in GTA, but I play a woman when I'm playing it, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really tricky. Yeah, for me, I I will draw a pretty hard line on uh, uh, poor depictions of women that are that are just so simply wrong, like um, especially like you know women in metal bikinis, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I feel that that is something that we just must be passed as a society. There's no, to me, it, I feel very strongly. There's just no like, oh, but you know, it's empowering or it because it's like, no, it's just male fantasy. I don't care. Like Skullgirls is, an, is a game that was developed by many women and includes a lot of those tropes. I, I, I don't know if that's enough to get mm. me to say that that's okay, that can be even a little bit okay. But that said, I, you know, I played Grand Theft Auto and, uh, and regretted it greatly. Like I, I felt like, I felt it was a bad choice, but I also was telling myself I should have known that before I played it, mm. you know? Um, so, so you're right, Martha. It's like, it's, you can, you can have these feelings and it's so easy to, and maybe it's the nature of games, right? It's cause Steven, you're so focused on mechanics yeah. that that's just more important to you. Well, yeah, but I mean, the mechanics can also have problems in, yeah. in that, in that same realm. Um, I, true. I talked about, uh, one in the past where there was uh, uh, what was it, an Assassin's Creed game where you could collect you could you were trying to save save slaves, um, but they ended up being more like a currency thing, and you use those yeah. to purchase upgrades or something like that, and that was obviously problematic. But that was a mechanic that that was right. still an issue. Um, it's it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be just visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that kind of dis- of problem escapes discussion mm-hmm. a lot. It usually ends up being about aesthetics. Because yeah. that's usually those are easier to spot, right? Right, and they're also less open for debate. Yeah, that's right. It's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of interesting insights, you know, in the beginning of the conversation that any of you guys thought was worth repeating to our listeners? Some some like big insight on, on the topic. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like people might have been a little hesitant to uh, to speak up about certain things because this is such a difficult topic to talk about. Yeah, but um, it was just interesting how everyone had different opinions on this and it, it was difficult for other people to draw the line. Like, like me and Martha, we had that same issue where we, uh, we don't necessarily draw the line at things, but there are obviously things we have issues with. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but other people, they, they didn't have, they didn't, they just played games that they liked. Right. Right. Um, right. Which, and, and they recognized that they had issues, but, um, 
it maybe didn't bother them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me, like, uh, it, it really just depends on the person. Like, certain things would bother me more than they would bother you, Mark, um, or something. Sure. Uh, like, you, you were talking about the UI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, oh. In <laughs> Choose your fonts carefully, people, or else, or else I'm coming for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're talking about things more extreme than that, but, oh, yeah. like, um, it depends on the person. And so that person, there are, there are certain topics that that person uh would have to draw the line at or bothers them more than other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, it comes not just from like your, you know, your, your likes and dislikes, but certainly your background. Yeah. Right. Um, and one of the things I found a little bit counterintuitive perhaps is, and I, I'm always trying to monitor myself as like, as a privileged white man, I always want to make sure that when I notice these things, I don't just like file them in the interesting things I know that mm-hmm. I actually take it in. Yeah. Um, and so I find it, I found it sort of easier to sort of, like take those stands when I can. But what I found interesting is among the group, it seemed like the people who you might have expected to, to have more of a personal connection and a problem with certain things were almost and seemed more likely to be like, well, it's just everywhere. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. And so it ends up, it, it taught me that like, oh, well I have the privilege to take that stand. Cause it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not barraged with it in, with my personal experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is Steven, does that have anything to do with sort of like with your reaction to it? Uh, well, Maybe a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, I am a man, so I, I recognize uh, it, it's more difficult for me to recognize uh, issues with sexism and things than uh, others. But through, due to my own experiences, I suppose that it, it kind of um, makes it less of an issue for me, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. But, yeah. I think getting used to it is kind of a survival mechanism mm-hmm. because if you're mm-hmm. always uh, noticing things that, you didn't like you could be driven crazy you'd be angry all the yeah. time um so i think that's why some people are less likely to speak up even though they are more personally affected by things because they don't want to deal with the all the anger that brings up yeah 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 it puts a target on your back yeah right in a way that it doesn't for certain people yeah yeah mm-hmm. um what, what what are examples of problematic games that we bring up we brought up uh grand theft auto 5 yeah, that one's uh, a pretty easy one to, to <laughs> talk about. Yeah, um, but we also—I uh, talked a little bit about Metal Gear Solid, which is, right. a, which is a game that I thought had a lot of interesting, um, mature and nuanced discussion about certain things. But it was totally five years old about gender, mm. and just my my sort of the, my heart breaking when I came to know that. Um, that was my big one. Yeah, yeah. How how do you even know that a game is problematic unless you play it, right? I mean, you could uh, with some things you could tell aesthetically, I suppose. But like, yeah, how, how can you tell? You guys have opinions on? That? Well, I think uh, another part of that is, uh, obviously, uh, players are going to have different experiences. So right. it's not necessarily that the game is played; it's who plays the game. Yeah, right. We'll kind of decide. Yep. That's or we'll, we'll something will be identified. Yeah. Or can be identified if somebody mm-hmm. is more sensitive to something or sees something that somebody else will not. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, there's um, media that I've consumed that I just I didn't recognize that there was an issue, um, but someone brought it up to me, and then after real after thought, careful thought about it, I realized that that was an issue. Like, I, but I didn't notice it because I suppose I was at a um, I was at a point in privilege, and then I didn't have to. I didn't. It's not something I would recognize. Right. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the complexity of works, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's certain things that we wish we could disqualify things for. We say we would. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of say, like, well, it represents 5% of this piece, which is otherwise a masterpiece. Right. And so either you let it go or you just take it in 
as you know you don't forgive it but you you roll it in with the rest of it and that seems to be a thing we just have to do constantly uh-huh. there's just so much uh, in particularly in mainstream triple a entertainment where you know uh, in the past couple of years they've made lots of strides in these areas but also just in general like high-end games are great these days uh-huh. and so it's 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 harder i think for a discriminating consumer to 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 live their beliefs yeah i suppose because it removes you from the conversation a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, and in truth, so few of us end up doing that. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just end up, myself, I just rack myself with guilt about it. But I think that it's, because it's hard to come to, again, where that line is drawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there are redeeming things in games that have problematic issues, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, the perennial example in these co-op talks is always Mass Effect, because it covers <laughs> everything. And yeah. we talked a bit about that, and I, I think that that's one where it has so many problems, but you kind you you also recognize it for its victories, mm-hmm. and that one is I think easier because there's a larger context involved. Right. And when it makes those mistakes, boneheaded mistakes, um, well-intentioned ones, or even ones that are like out of you, you could even guess were out of malice, you have you weigh them against the rest of what that that series has done in considering these issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing also about Mass Effect is obviously, you know, it's really getting into all of these aspects of science fiction, uh-huh. paying homage to science fiction in a lot of ways. Um, science fiction itself is problematic. Oh? Mm-hmm. I, mean, oh. I mean, if you think about it, mm-hmm. the vast majority of science fiction, say, films or stories, have a white male protagonist. Yeah, I suppose. Which kind of has the implicit, not necessarily explicit, but implicit you know, story or thought that Science fiction, the future, space, mm-hmm. is the domain of the white male. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it that way, but that is an interesting point. Yeah, that's one where it's, um, the, its place in the world, these pieces of fiction, really um, belie the, in, the, the intention of maybe the authors would wish they could have. I know like Star Trek, as a huge Star Trek fan, that's an example where, Man, in the 60s, lots of credit due to putting one of everybody on the bridge. But mm. like, when you look at it in absolute terms, it's not that progressive. Yeah. And um, Star Trek has a sort of secret history of sexism as well. Mm. And it's just like, you know, um, it's hard to just be say like, well, so it goes. But you, you kind of have to recognize that um, there are bigger things that, that, that the issue of things that are problematic are sometimes bigger than what anyone is able to, or a lot of these, a lot of authors are able to recognize. Yeah. And so they end up just not knowing how, how, how bad it is until, you know, well past, um, you know, well past release or, or, or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just, um, it's sort of embedded in our society. Yeah. These are issues that are embedded in our society. And so, uh, particularly older ones, but still even now, uh, because uh, these issues are just like part of our daily thought, mm-hmm. uh, it's, the way that we think about it, the way that we approach media, it, it affects the way that we approach media and the, it affects the way that we create media. So that becomes a part of that media and so it gets reinforced through the media and so it's like a, sort of like a, a never-ending loop, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like, because we think of it in that way, it gets put in our media and so it gets reinforced by the media in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but... <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it seems insurmountable mm-hmm. and that's so depressing. And we talk a little bit about like what, we as consumers can do what games do we buy what works do we support yeah but um but also a lot of us are developers like what can we do to 
to change this? What can we do to not be part of that big system? Yeah. What what do we have to look over our shoulder for? Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about um, having uh, talking to people of um, different different ethnicities and mm-hmm. um, sexes um, to to figure out how you're portraying different things. Right, make sure you're doing it correctly. Yeah, you'd almost call it playtesting. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, more than just playtesting, um, we were talking about ha- like. Uh, Hiring and um, consulting with people who are living the experience or have the identity that you're portraying. Right, right. So, or, and I was uh, at a talk at GDC and they were saying, like, more than that, like, more than cons- having people consult with you or look over your shoulder, but like including them on actually building the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're part of the greater team as opposed to you're on this game because it's about your special thing. Right, right. Yeah. It can't just be like the double checker. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not the solution. Right. right. Yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm. And we talked also about like, well, what do you do if you're a, a small team and you want to write about something that no one in your team experiences? Mm-hmm. Like it, does that do you do you disqualify yourself from being able to address those things or what do you how harder how much harder do you have to work to do that? Um, they say write what you know, but that's also advice people rail against, right? There's people say like, no, because then you just write boring stories because everybody's life is boring, <laughs> you know? So it's, I mean, it's not, we didn't really have any answers, but we kind of, we, we you know, thought that uh, it's definitely something you should be thinking about. Right. Um, but yeah, hiring, if you're, especially larger companies, just like as a bigger solution, just need to get fewer white men as a percentage in this industry. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, it's really stark and it sounds like, well, how can you solve it? But like, if everyone just recognizes that that is a core issue, we, I don't know, it's, it's, it's always idle talk about that. I wish, I wish it could be more concrete. Yeah. You know, but I don't run Ubisoft. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't be running Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult and it's, it's hard. We have to, we have to get that message out there. We have to get people interested in developing games. People who normally yeah. wouldn't or who have not in the past been interested in developing games to get. You get them more interested in doing so, right? Right. In some way, just by through education, or, mm-hmm. or just reaching the youths, yeah, the youngins. <laughs> Are we getting old man McGregor? Old out? man McGregor, <laughs> talking about them youngins. Uh. <laughs> well, not to be a downer, but another challenge in getting other people other than white men into the game industry is, um, it's very likely that people will face harassment. Right. Um, right. That's yeah. very important. It's yeah. a very important point because I know that scares people from even participating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there should be more support groups. There should be more laws, consequences for the harassers. Um, there needs to be a lot of societal change to address that. It's difficult to figure out what we should be doing now to help those people when uh, the larger entities aren't doing enough. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cultural shift that happens at a lot of levels, or that needs to happen at a lot of levels. And yeah. I, I know we here in this, you know, this game dev community are very frequently discussed as what the gaming community is yeah. and what it is seen as. Yeah. And those pockets, and all, all we really can control is ourselves. At least, at least it seems that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that is, that is an extremely important point. You have to make sure that the, like, you, you brought it up as soon as we talked about it in the co-op talk. The first, the first thing you said was this needs to be a safe space. Yeah, yeah. In order, I mean, everyone needs to be um, included. 
Yeah, and it's because it's so easy to say like, well, I, you know, this is a thing that I find problematic, and mm-hmm. then someone is like, well, I don't really see it as a problem, and then yeah. suddenly it becomes now you have moral judgments in the room. Yeah, and um, I thought you know everybody did a pretty good job of le- of letting each other speak, but yep. also not um, you know n- not tamping down their own opinions for fear yeah. of being judged, mm-hmm. but also not tamping down their appearance for fear of appearing to judge others. Yeah. Everyone, I think, got to say what they wanted to say, and it was it was a really respectful talk, and I, that was. I mean, I really appreciated everybody's like commitment to that. Yeah. Um, I, we need more spaces like that, mm-hmm. right? And Glitch certainly provides that, um, you know, in spades with all of its programs and events. Yeah, but like, we need we need we need more. We need more of that. We yeah. need that. We need that to not be a special thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we have a very good foundation here in the Twin Cities for a very supportive um, environment mm-hmm. for um, all kinds of people. Right. Right. So we're like, headed in the right direction. Yeah, I like that you brought up support groups. More of those would be very appreciated because, I mean, we're blessed here in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minneapolis area, but uh, other places don't have that privilege. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's difficult. You have to, again, it's, it, we have to, we should talk about community building in an episode once. Yeah. Uh, because it, you have to, you have to build that community. And then once that community is established, you need to be able to uh, have, everyone needs to feel supported and um, yeah. That, like that's important, and so mm-hmm. it's it's something that it's something that we need to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. listeners out there, if you're in a space where you don't have a community like mm. we've been able to build here, um, you know, keep looking and or build one for yourself. Yeah. Um, because that that's what makes the difference, I think. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are all in the, at this table beneficiaries of of glitch programming. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, you know brought us together with group with people of you know different uh backgrounds and ideologies and opinions and experiences and we've all benefited greatly from that in direct and passive ways yeah um and it it makes it easier for us to get together and talk about these things yeah i think so and maybe that's the first step is just to be able to talk about them yeah right because sarah you identified a lot of challenges to just bringing these things up yeah um it's really difficult to talk about a lot of the time um one thing i also worry about is um since i feel so strongly i might say something that seems very judgmental Mm -hmm. of other people Mm. um and i don't want to um start that kind of argument yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i don't want to go through the stress myself of getting into that argument right even though i I feel like the right thing to do is to speak out sometimes just say no i'm just going to listen I'll just talk about this some other time. Yeah. Personally, like Sarah, you and I have a very similar opinions on a lot of these things, but I know that I feel a lot safer saying these things because I'm in a position where I'm not going to be the target that you might be. And like, that's been a learning experience for me to like, doesn't matter that I'm going to, I like, I'm talking with someone like they don't know that I'm not going to get on their case. Mm. And in fact, I don't necessarily know I'm not going to either. Right. Cause I need to check my own reactions. <laughs> Um, and that's something that it, for the longest time was like, why can't we just talk about these things? Mm. It's like, I, that was the yeah. privilege I didn't recognize I had. I, I, it's really easy for me. Mm. It's not easy for everybody. Right. Yeah. And those, that's one of the best things to say out loud and to talk about and have that be one of the central things of a community mm-hmm. where if you don't feel like talking about something right now, you, there's plenty of opportunities to talk about it later. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, we, we are really blessed here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we could maybe do a little closing thoughts, kind of like um, what, the, what you got out of it and what's, what, what do you want to take the conversation next, maybe? One of the things I got out of it 
there are a lot of problematic games, and um, they're not all even ones that you necessarily think of as problematic, especially at the time. Um, and it's it's interesting to kind of recognize in yourself when you recognize something as problematic, mm. but you are okay with it. Yeah, and you and you you compromise your values in certain ways and say, you know, this is not something I agree with, but I'm going to let it slide because of whatever your reasons are, mm. whether the gameplay is good or other aspects are not so bad mm-hmm. or it's something that doesn't affect you as much so you don't it doesn't bother you as much yeah. so it's kind of interesting to hear about different people's interpretations of games um, based on their own experience and then say oh I never thought of it that way mm. and will I play that game again or not the answer might still be yes that's kind of interesting yeah just by listening to the conversation, I, I learned that most people don't feel quite as strongly about some of these things as I do, and that was um, not unexpected, but um, just uh, going through it, my head was a lot of questions like, why is that? Why do I feel so strongly? And what should, how could I talk to people about this in the future? It was just, just kind of like a, a learning experience. It's good to just go to these things and listen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide if, you know, in those conversations you have with those people, do you want to then just engage with them and, and share your opinion? Or, or do you want to change their opinion? Yeah, right? I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you don't, it's hard, it's, no one wants to be confrontational. Yeah. Right? Right. Especially here in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> we are a nice games club after all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess I learned um, about how to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, creating an open and honest environment where no one is being judged is very important in that in that kind of a conversation. And so I felt like uh, I learned a lot about that and how to do that. It was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I mostly listened as well. Um, and it was, it was interesting to learn about what different p- people's opinions were on different games um, and what, different things people felt really strong about or not as strongly about going through the, so at each co-op talk, uh, Katie makes, um, uh, like beforehand reading section. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, it was funny cause yesterday in the timeline of us recording these, we, I talked a bunch about the division and that was one of the problematic games that they, uh, that was in the, beforehand reading yeah. <laughs> thing and I was like oh yeah that game is actually really terrible but it's beautiful UI <laughs> uh, um, and uh, and how most of the, a lot of the games that I talk about I don't play I just watch Dylan my boyfriend play um, and how that actually removes me a lot from problematic things because I'm not actually doing them mm-hmm. um so that was an interesting thing to to realize and that maybe i should think more about when i'm watching too yeah mm-hmm. i think the, the main thing i got out of it is that as you sort of touched on it which is when you see something like this like you should be looking at, to other people and see if they felt the same way or felt differently um in the um on the facebook group before the event sarah you shared an article about zelda yeah right and like that surprised me because to my experience playing Zelda was like, oh, it's made a lot of steps forward for this kind of 
thing, which is like, I mean, it's grading it on a curve because it's, it's uh, the Zelda series is tied up in a lot of old tropes. And I really thought that, oh, they did a lot of, they made a lot of improvements here to yeah. Zelda as a character and to a lot of the NPCs. And that was the way I reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And so it was very surprising to me. And I think that that's something that like you have to, you have to force yourself to not feel like, oh, well, this is not my opinion, so I'm against it. Like mm-hmm. you have yeah. to, you have to look at that and take it in, and that's that's like an ongoing learning process. And because I'm like deep into that game, like I'm particularly like invested in defending what I like about yeah. it. Yeah, and so uh, it's it's a challenge. But yeah, just when you recognize the things, or when you encounter an opinion that's very different from yours, engage with that person, engage with that thought, and respect it. I think is the is the thing that that I'm continually learning. So this was a really good co-op talk, and I was because of I think the the participants I think all brought you know a res- respectful environment to it, which was great. Um, but that's not the only co-op talk. We have one next month, uh, yes. which is about what I don't remember. Uh, it- <laughs> <laughs> mastering actually, yes. mastering games. We would be revisiting. Oh, that's topic right. We, we talked about in the past. That's true. We talked about mastering games on this show maybe a month or so. I don't know. A few months. A few back. months ago. <laughs> um, but we're going to uh, talk about it with a group here. And then after we'll have another show about that. So yes. stay tuned for that. Uh, when this show goes live, that uh, event should be coming up uh, fairly shortly. So we'll put all that in the show notes. Um, the thing with co-op talk is it's free. Show yeah. up and talk because yep. it's an engaging conversation with engaging bunch or, of people. Or listen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Show up and listen if that's, if that's your thing as well. Um, and uh, if you um, are uh, uh, excited about the, these kinds of discussions and you come to one of the co-op talks, um, you can volunteer to be a facilitator at the end of each session. Um, it's very easy to do, and you don't have to have been here a million times to do it. Mm-hmm. We very, very frequently invite newcomers to be the next month's uh, facilitator. Yeah. And then the benefit of that is you get to be on this show afterward <laughs> if that's your thing. You don't mm-hmm. have to do that if you don't want to, of course. Um, so very open environment. We always want more people showing up. We'll put all the details of that uh, in the show notes. So thanks, Oz. Thanks, Sarah, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having thanks. me. Yeah, it was an awful lot of fun. That is our show. So if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. Sarah, are you nice enough to give us a review? On iTunes? Well, wherever. <laughs> yes. Well, you can also I, give I, us a review on our feedback form. That's true. Oh, yeah. I don't have iTunes, so I'll have to do that. Okay. <laughs> Aj, will you do your part? I guess just this once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the feedback form you mentioned, uh, nicegames.club slash feedback. Right. We're uh, collecting responses to see you know, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, uh, what you want more of, what you want less of. Uh, to make this show even better for you. So check that out. Uh, of course, we want to hear directly from you as well. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics. Ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.